You're listening to Bad Bitch Therapy, where the bitches are bad and so is their uneducated advice. But pull up a seat and pour yourself a drink anyway, because even the baddest bitches need a little therapy. What up, bitches? Hello. (laughs) We don't want to be here. (laughs) I'm just kidding. By here, we mean in this world. (laughs) I want you to know that Allie and I are so close that our periods are synced. So yeah, if you thought you were better friends, are your periods really, are your periods synced or, you know, because otherwise you're probably not as good of friends as we are. Even (laughs) though we live hundreds of miles away from each other, our periods are still linked up. (laughs) How lucky are we? How lucky are you guys that you get to listen to two women on their period? (laughs) (laughs) We've both been feeling it too. We were talking before the podcast and we're both in a fuck everyone, fuck everything mood. So that's fun. Yeah. So this will be a really, really upbeat, positive. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, love. Here's my question. Do you hate Valentine's Day the way everyone else seems to? Or how do you feel about Valentine's Day? Mm, I'm pretty neutral on Valentine's Day, to be honest. <laughs> like, I dislike people who dislike Valentine's Day. And I know that our really good friend Liz dislikes it. And this is her one flaw. Her one flaw. I love her so much. She's so perfect in every other way, except for the fact that she, like, openly hates on Valentine's Day. And it gives me the ick. I can think of another <laughs> flaw. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to say it? <laughs> she doesn't care for Taylor Swift like we care for Taylor Swift. Oh, that's true. I, You know what? I have overlooked that. So maybe this one was just like <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back. She's listening to this right now and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is how you found out that our friendship is over, Elizabeth. <laughs> Ew, I hated calling her Elizabeth. I'm never doing that again. Okay, but seriously... People who hate Valentine's Day, why do they hate it? Why does Liz hate it? Do we know why Liz hates it? I think she thinks it's just like an overdone, like... Commercialized. I don't don't really know. Commercialized. Yeah, but to me, I'm like, like, what a nice reminder to do something a little special for your partner. You know? Because, like, life gets, like, in the way. You get in your routine. So, to me, it's just like a cute little reminder of, like, okay, let's make sure we're doing something sweet for each other. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the reason I'm so neutral on Valentine's Day is because I'm with my high school sweetheart. So I've never had like a Valentine's Day where I haven't had somebody. And before my high school sweetheart, I had my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You're so special. I am. So loved. Honestly, I haven't had a ton of great Valentine's Day days. Oh, really? My ex never really did anything for it, I don't think. Like, I'm trying to remember if we did anything. I don't think we did. And honestly, the first couple with Charles weren't that great either. <laughs> Yikes. I had to teach him. I was like, this oh, is what I yeah. expect on Valentine's mm-hmm, Day. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he just was like, oh, I think that I'm such an angry woman that men would assume I don't want cute things like Valentine's Day, but I do. Yeah. So I think he thought, like, it wouldn't be, like, a big deal. We're not doing anything. And I don't have to, like, we don't even have to go on a special date. This year I work all day on Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day. But it's, like, I still want something cute, even just, like, a fucking bag of Skittles or something. Like, I want to know you thought of me. 
Yeah, I mean, I would, I say I'm... And I love flowers. I say I'm neutral, but if Corey didn't do anything for me on Valentine's Day, I would be, like, pissed. (laughs) Right? And now, we have a daughter, so if he doesn't come home for flowers for my daughter, then we're really going to be in a fight, you know? He has to. I mean, I think... Yeah. I think he should come home with something for both the kids. That's true. Nah, fuck mine. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I get too caught up in, in like, in, like, the whole, like, I have to teach my daughter how she should be treated. (laughs) Like, it feels, you know what I mean? Uh Like, obviously, I should teach both of my children how to be treated, but I just feel like I've witnessed so much of, like, it's the problem is men. But then if I don't foster that in my son, I'm going to create a man who is a problem. That's so interesting because I feel like that was the revelation I had when I found out I was having a boy is I freaked the fuck out because I've always seen men as perpetrators and I had to really heal myself and be like, men aren't dominantly uh, perpetrators it's not an every man thing. And in my brain, because I've been sexually assaulted, because I've been in an abusive yeah. relationship, I had to, like, unlearn that men were always the perpetrator. And um, because I was so afraid, I was so afraid of raising a son that would hurt a girl. And I feel like I yeah. get really caught in it the other way, where I just want to make sure that that I raise a son who loves himself so he can give healthy love to his partner yeah and to people around him see yeah and I think like our trauma is different too like I don't have the kind of trauma you have I just mostly have like I feel like I was such an idiot in my last relationship and I feel like I've also seen like love you mom but I've seen my mom put up with men who are like like she's so much better than them and she puts up with it for a while mm-hmm. Or she did. Like, now she's in a fantastic relationship. But, but, like, earlier in life. So, my thing is, like, having a girl feels so scary because I'm like, I don't want you to be like that. Like, I want you to be better than us. Like, we are slow. Like, we talked about last week. We are slowly breaking these generational curses. So, I need you now to do the work. You know what I mean? Like, my mom did it a little bit. I did it a little bit. Now I need her to do Mm -hmm. it. That makes so much sense. Also, I just feel like I'm raising the most sensitive little boy anyway that I think my brain is just like, he's fine. <laughs> he's so sensitive. I love he that. He needs to find a girl who is actually not a sensitive woman because it's just, it'll be too much. <laughs> I know. Every, I feel like the unbeatable combination is like sensitive and loud with quiet and reserved. <laughs> yeah. You're right. <laughs> That's so accurate. Unbeatable combination. (laughs) I hate that I'm the sensitive and loud one. (laughs) Same. I want to be quiet. Hurts my feelings a little bit, but it's accurate. I've always wanted to be like quiet and mysterious, like book girls, like romance novel women. I want to be like mysterious and quiet. Yeah, no, I feel like no romance is ever describing like the obnoxiously opinionated but really emotional. Girl. No, we're the best friend. Like, can I get a romantic? Co- yeah, can I get a romantic comedy where we're the ones that are sought after? <laughs> okay. 
We're just if it helps at all, we're the, we're both in stable relationships, so I just feel like there's something being said there. Yeah, we could make a great movie. Yeah, you know, there is something to be said for that. Um. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think? I already know your answer because I saw something you shared on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're gonna ask. Do you think it was a red flag that Travis Kelsey got in the face of his coach um, for Taylor Swift? Do you think it was a red flag? Okay, so at first, I was like, mm, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But I've been, like, seeing a lot today and reading a lot of different perspectives. Because some people are, like, so angry about it. Some people aren't. I don't think, like, I can... I think I would keep it in the back of my mind, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's like an immediate, like, leave him red flag. Because if he's just like that in, like, the football sense, like, I don't know sports. I don't watch sports, really. But, like, I also read a lot about how that's, like, super common and super normal. And I heard that the coach gave an interview after and was like, yeah, like, he didn't care at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, yeah, like, that happens. I give it back to him half the time. Like, (laughs) it's just what it is. And he apologized. He said it keeps him young. And he said what they don't show you is that um, he came up to him on the very, like, next play and was like, I'm sorry, and apologized and said that, like, he was out of line. I agree with you. I think it would – like, I don't think that means that he's doing that in his personal life. Now, it could. So I would be, like, wary of it. Like, keep an eye on it. It's that energy, right? Honestly, I think the red flag was when he won the Super Bowl and he was yelling into the mic. There was a lot of <laughs> a lot of testosterone. I didn't even see that. I didn't even see them win. I, like, they were, like, they were, they were at the tiebreaker. And I was, like, I'm going to go eat popcorn in bed. And Charles was, like, you don't want to finish this? And I was, like, not even a little bit. <laughs> no. Oh, that's so funny. Um, for those who don't know. So wait, he was yelling into the mic? Yeah, he was yelling, Viva La. I don't even know what he was saying. It was like some, <laughs> I think like some chief saying. So it's like their fan base chants it maybe, possibly. And it was like oh. some chant. And I was like, and then Taylor Swift is just like standing there like nodding. And I was feeling like she was getting the ick. But she had to just like smile and nod because there was just I can't even explain. It. I wish you have to look at it afterwards because okay, it was Corey was like this is cringy. <laughs> and Corey's a man. Oh my god. Uh... Charles gets mad because now I overuse like the word ick, mm. and so like he'll do something really basic and I'll go ew that was an ick. <laughs> He's like stop doing that. I mean, yeah. Like, don't ever do that. Every again. good relationship, you've definitely gotten the ick from by the other person. No, he's he's never gotten the ick from me. First of all, <laughs> I give Corey the ick. You daily. watch, you watch your mouth. <laughs> I am perfect. <laughs> he gives me the ick. I do not give him the ick. <laughs> That's the delusional world that I like to live in. Like, in my mind, and I know that it's not true. Like, logically, I'm like, for sure that's true. But then, like, in my mind, I'm like, nope. He he, he thinks everything you do is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. 
Although I will say the man watched me birth a child and I was actively wearing a diaper the next day and he was like, look at that ass. <laughs> so it does make me question like what what does give you the ick? <laughs> if it's not that, oh. I don't know what it is then. <laughs> um, guys, this week totally planned because of Valentine's Day. Just kidding. I picked a random category and it happened to be Valentine's Day. We're going to talk about self-love. Self-love. Self-love and love. That's way better than than romance. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, we're doing a little bit because we're doing self-love and love languages. And love languages, which I retook the quiz today. Oh, really? What do you get? Because I was like, I feel like I, I never remember what my love language is. And I got not at all what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about what you want. It's about what you need. Okay, well, I really thought I was a gifts person. Mm-hmm. I really thought that because I love getting gifts. But then when the questions were, like, put together and it was, like, basically a gift or this, I found myself, like, always picking the other thing. Mm-hmm. Gifts was my lowest one. Like, the thing I need the least oh, of wow. is gifts. And I was, like, I did know my biggest one was going to be acts of service. I just thought gifts was going to be, like, second place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I love, like, every question that was, like, would you like them to complete a task for you while you're, like, stressed out or you're too busy for? I'm like, hell yeah. That, like, I know it's, like, uh, stereotypical, like, whatever. Charles has the dishes, and I'm like, do you want to have sex? (laughs) (laughs) Vacuuming the house, I'm like, do you want to have sex? (laughs) Just the simplest thing, I'm like, yep. That does it for me. Acts of service <laughs> is definitely one of mine as well. I feel like, are you even a mom if acts of service isn't one of your love languages? See, but even before being a mom, I will say I, acts of service was always like pretty high up there, but it's so much more now. Yeah. It makes me feel like, it makes me feel so seen. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, and you knew I was struggling. I think of acts of service too. Like, I don't even want to have to ask. I just want... Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I don't want the mental load of having to like have it on my checklist in my head like it would be beautiful if I just came downstairs and saw that Corey took all the recycling out and all of the trash out and the kitchen was clean yeah like that would be mm-hmm. amazing you know what I think is one of the sexiest things ever mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why filling my car with gas for me <gasps> I you know what I I never felt. Even if you took my card to do it, it's just the fact that you went to the gas station. Like, you were like, like before the work week or something, like, you go, oh, my God. I'm. It doesn't happen often, I'll be honest, but it is so dude, hot. Dude, I'm such a passenger <laughs> princess. I never fill up my own gas. I never. I hate you. <laughs> passenger princess all the way. I always sit there, like, if I pull up to the gas station, I don't even expect to get out of the car oh okay so like if we're together and we're like oh your car needs gas i don't even know i'm not getting out of the car he's automatically getting gas it's just that 90 percent of the time i'm on my way to work and then my gas light comes on and i'm like shit <laughs> i don't have any gas yeah Corey's good at making i guess he just he's good at making sure the cars are filled up because i'm not <laughs> yeah i don't like clearly i was on a road trip not that long ago by myself in the middle of nowhere texas and i my gaslight came on and Mm -hmm. i'm talking like middle of nowhere and so i like put in for the nearest gas station man i was not sure i was gonna make it. that's (laughs) terrifying 
<laughs> I was really, I was crying. Oh, wow. And then I pulled up to the gas pump and I was like, eh, everything's fine. I just went inside, got <laughs> snacks, filled my gas. Like, suddenly it was over. I was like, see, you're fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. It's like it flips so fast. <laughs> like so fast. Uh, it's so sad <laughs> to think about you crying. It almost sounds traumatizing, but it's so funny that you bounced back so quickly. <laughs> Allie, how often do you think you cry? I asked everyone at work this, and I was shocked by answers. Mm, I feel like I've hit a point in my life where I'm too busy to cry. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Tears just... You got to schedule. Yeah, I don't have the time. (laughs) You know, tears take up a lot of time. But then, obviously, I get... Every time I, like, Corey and I get into a fight, I cry. But Corey, I'm not that Corey and I fight a lot. But, like, I would say we get into a, like, a fight maybe, like, once a month where I, like, cry. So, so I, like, express emotion that way or, like, something could happen with, like, someone or, like, I had anxiety for whatever reason. So I cried. Um, So I would say, mm, like, a few times a month. I hate you so much. (laughs) Therapy and the meds are working. What can I say? (laughs) I think I cry every other day, if not every day. (laughs) You're in touch with your emotions. It's beautiful. (laughs) I love that you could spin anything I say to just be like a beautiful thing. And the people I work with were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? There was one guy who said he hadn't cried in two years. Mm, I don't think that's healthy. That was mind blowing. Yeah, that's what we were all like. No, that's not normal. I think most of the guys were like maybe once every couple months. But most of them, too, when they said that, were like, it depends on like if I watch a good movie that's like emotional. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the only time Corey ever cries is when he watches a movie. That's kind of a, a beige flag, yeah, I guess. Charles, too. <laughs> yeah. Or I sometimes Charles won't cry for me. No, sometimes I do make him cry in fights. I bring him to tears sometimes, but it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Man, that's I never make Charles cry. I'm, I'm not doing it good enough. Yeah, that no, trust me. That's my toxic trait. I can make a man that never cries cry. I'm gonna go home and start a fight. Be like, why don't you cry for me? You know what? Do that. That's exactly what I would teach. You are my protege. Have you <laughs> Have you seen that girl on TikTok who like asks, tells you to ask your man a certain question and she's like, no matter how he answers, start a yeah, fight. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, what is your second? Uh, okay, so is acts of service your first one or is it like second place? Um, so my other one is quality time. I don't know. I didn't take the test recently. Is that yours? That's my second one, homegirl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which one I would rank ahead of the other. I think quality time is important because it's really important for me that we don't go too long without having a meaningful conversation. And becoming yeah. parents has really challenged that. Yeah. And it's hard. Um, because it's just like, like I said, when, when does one have the time? So it's like, we get really stuck and we're just both so exhausted. Like we both talk about it all the time. Like Corey, 
and so funny because he was so ignorant and so naive before we had children. He was always like, yeah, I'll be fine. I stay up all night, all the time when I play my games. <laughs> That's so fucking cute because he's exhausted now. He is exhausted now. And we have a baby who sleeps through the night. And this man is still exhausted because these little yeah. things have so much energy and they're so adorable. But they are the most exhausting creature you will ever like, meet. Like mentally exhausting too because you're constantly like any small thing. It's like, oh my gosh, are you sick? How do I help you? How do I – are we going through a sleep regression? Even if it's like the slightest thing, like it's mentally exhausting. Exactly. So all that to say, it just – I feel like we go multiple – we go – we'll go many weeks now without having a meaningful conversation. Yeah. And given Corey and I have been together for 12 years, so I'm sure there's a little bit of that mixed in as well, we're – we just had like a talk actually because we've been out of it like we have not been romantic at all and Corey used to be so romantic he did very big extravagant gifts um very like he got um the first like a uh, dollar I ever made from writing framed um for me and just like he just has like very mm-hmm. thoughtful he got me a puzzle when we were a long yeah. distance where it like it put together like um a like a really sweet like little like note for me and stuff it he just had really like cute and we've like totally fallen out of that we are so terrible we both got each other anniversary cards um back in december and he left his on the top of the fridge never filled it out i left mine on a bookshelf never filled it out we never <laughs> gave them to each other we just <laughs> Like, what is this? We just really are going through the motions. It's just. That's fully the epitome of, like, having a small child. Yeah. And, like, working full time. Even if you're not working full time, if one of you is working full time, the other one's at home full time. Like, any version of having a small child and having to support your family is exhausting. That's so accurate. Uh You know what's interesting to feed on to that Uh is that before motherhood, because my second one, like I said, is also quality time. Quality time was never my top two. Mine used to be physical touch. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love physical touch, and right now I hate physical touch. (gasps) That makes so much sense. The only time I – yeah, right? Like I'm like at home. Okay, so if we're at home, I am not – like I don't want to cuddle – I'm not obviously like we kiss goodbye and stuff and like we still have like a pretty normal sex life I think but like other than that like he is very much like his are definitely like quality quality time and physical touch Mm -hmm. but like I am so touched out the only time that physical touch like moves back up for me is I love a little bit of PDA I don't know why it makes me feel very special. And we're not honestly out in public very often. Like we don't get to go do fun stuff very often. We're at home most of the time. But when we are out, like I love the little like a little like hand on my back. Me too. Or, you know, if I'm sitting next to your hand on my leg, like, it makes me feel so special and like publicly adored. You know what I mean? Like it makes me feel really good. But at home right now, I'm like, please don't touch me. For me, <laughs> and I bet this is an element for you too, is it makes me feel safer too. Like I just feel safe yeah. when that happens. Um, and I uh, definitely, I think like the adortion part, like public adortion, like goes into feeling safe because you feel like your partner has like a sense of pride to be with you, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. so I like like a small um, hand on the back or like a hand on the knee. Listen, if I could be a trophy wife, I'd be a trophy wife. <laughs> 
I love the idea of just, I'm here for my looks, but they've never gotten me by that far, so I gotta have other things. <laughs> Got a face for a podcast, baby. <laughs> my dad always used to say that I got I got a face for radio. <laughs> Now, the face for a podcast is our modern-day version of that. (laughs) You want to know which one I thought would be my bottom? Because for some reason, it's like the cringiest to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Words of affirmation. Oh, yeah. So I I was torn on this one because I was thinking I need, like, meaningful conversation, like I was saying. But words of affirmation... I just, I feel like I've kind of like outgrown it in my relationship, but I feel like if I was in a new relationship, I would need words of affirmation a lot. But with like Corey, it's like, yeah, I know yeah. you love me. I know you think I'm beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like also like, I feel like too much is like, I know people who do it like, in my opinion, overboard with their partner. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, fairly cringy to me. And so now it's gotten to the point where, like, a, a, even a little too much is a little cringy to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, the idea of hearing, like, because one of the questions actually multiple times was, like, you telling your partner you're proud of them or hearing your partner say they're proud of you. And I'm like, meh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> that ain't it. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I don't know why that feels cringy. Like, obviously, occasionally, or if I have a big accomplishment, like a really big accomplishment, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's cool. But I think my, like, energy is more like, okay, and I don't need you to be proud of me. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but it just feels, like, yucky to me. Like, I do want meaningful conversations. I want every so often a little romantic moment of, like, I love you so much. That's what I think, like, the anniversaries and Valentine's Day are so sweet because, like, you have a moment to, like, write a little note for your spouse or something. But when it's too much, it it feels – it doesn't feel genuine. Okay, so I will say when I had – Corey heard me on a Zoom call with work once, and afterwards he was like, wow, you did so amazing. Like, you're really good at your job. And – yeah, yeah, I could see that, yeah. Would you don't think that's cringy? But that's that doesn't also, make you cringe. No. Because that's also not like a out of like I I'm think I'm thinking like if it's like an every other day thing. Mm. Baby, you're so good at your job oh, every other day. Ew. That's but like <laughs> right? But like he heard you in your element and he doesn't hear that all the time. So then it's cool for him to be like, That's pretty badass. Like like Okay, I sing once a month at least. Uh-huh. One of the times, like Charles always, I always know that he thinks I'm a really good singer. He loves hearing me sing. But like, I remember one of the times specifically, he was like, he, it was sweet. He was like, you look so sexy when you're up there singing. And he had never said that before. Mm-hmm. And he was just feeling it. It felt genuine. But does he say that like every single time I sing? No, then it would just feel weird. It wouldn't feel genuine. Yeah, no, you're describing like the, because um, you, you know, like the pick me girl. You're describing, like, the pick-me guy, I feel like. That's just, like, yeah, constantly, like, I'm yeah. so great. I'm such a nice guy. It gives, it gives I'm a nice guy energy. Yeah, it's, that's, oh. Uh, <laughs> no, one, no one wants a nice guy. She dumped me because I'm a nice guy. No, she didn't. <laughs> she dumped you because you're freaking creepy. <laughs> and desperate. Like, you're probably desperate. So. Uh. 
self-certified nice guy nothing (laughs) nothing worse self-love i so i feel like i'm in such a good place right i've said this on the podcast i feel like i'm doing so well and like i'm finally to the point of my life where i feel like therapy all these years is paying off and i feel very confident in myself and i feel just content with my life yeah yeah but then i start my period (laughs) so it's just like for at least one week of every month for the rest of my life well at least until i go through menopause and then i'm sure that's a whole different battle (laughs) yeah like literally we it never really ends yeah okay what's worse for you like during your period or the week before your period (sighs) both the week before and then so it's like it's different like the first two days are terrible but for different reasons because like the five days before is when I'm like that's when like if I ever murder someone it will happen within the first within the five days before my period so mine mine's (laughs) just know that (laughs) mine is both but for different reasons so like the first like the days before my period I feel like I'm just like very emotional and I'm very activated Mm. so I can very much be very defensive or I'm just very sensitive around that time and then when I start my period I'm just so fucking miserable because I have cramps and my vagina aches and there's blood coming out of me yeah that I feel like that puts me in a bad mood so I'm at level 10 no matter what it's just for different reasons (laughs) yeah 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 I'm I'm about the same um I think the five days before, yeah, I'm like, you like question, you're like, what am I doing with my life? Or why am I, why am I like this? Here's a list of 10 things I need to change about myself. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you, your period starts and you're like, oh, that's why. And then, sorry, I'm trying to take my shoes off. Gotta get real comfortable <laughs> for this, you know? Um. You do you, sister. You're the star. Uh. You're the star of the pod. But they, thank you, thank you, thank you. But then the first two days, like, I'm just angry because I'm in pain and I'm bleeding and it's like oh it's so annoying yeah like it's just annoying that I have to deal with this and I have to be uncomfortable and you guys I feel like today was just (laughs) my daycare is closed because the provider is sick which is already like dang it you know like you're you're doing the weekend my daughter is teething so we were like can't wait for daycare you know (laughs) like we need a break from her because i have to hold her all the time nothing Um, is worse way to start your morning than daycare cancellation (laughs) right i was like okay i I was supposed to get my nails done today i had to cancel that i was supposed to have therapy had to cancel that oh Um, no then my period and i knew last night my period was starting so it's just like add this on top of it my son woke up today with a cough i'm like here we go Mm -hmm. i (laughs) here's another illness i definitely had an attitude today too i could feel it i was not in the mood for anything i could feel it at work i definitely had like oh and that's not a good place to have an attitude at work (laughs) yeah I'm surprised I didn't last night, I guess, because it hadn't started yet. It started today. Mm-hmm. And, and but and it was dead yesterday, so that was going for me. No one wants to come in. Everyone has their own Super Bowl parties, you know? I get a little snappy in my man, emails. Yeah. All it would have taken is one wrong customer, and I probably would have gone too far. <laughs> Cancel me. <laughs> um, so I put therapy on my self-love thing, too. Mm. because I think that therapy is like a big part of if you care about yourself enough you're gonna do the things to be better 
Yeah. Right? No, I literally have written in my notes, therapy is self-love because I also feel like therapy is where you learn a lot of self-compassion and I feel like self-compassion yeah. is where self-love is born essentially because I like I was just talking about how like shame I get like lost in like shame spirals and the only way to ever take me out of that is to like give myself compassion because there's so many things that I don't like that I did in the past or said in the past and I just have to like in therapy when I talk and talk about all that stuff or like everything else that I've gone through it's like the main thing is self-compassion and then I'm able to have self-love yeah yeah I think that my therapist always has to remind me to like show myself more grace Mm -hmm. um and to not like gaslight myself Mm -hmm. which I do a lot like with my emotions Mm -hmm. um I also have written down, I have written down therapy and setting boundaries or self-love, which therapy teaches you how to set boundaries. Boundaries, yes. Boundaries is self-love, and that's been my hardest one, as you guys all know. I talk about how hard (laughs) boundaries are for me. Um, But yeah, boundaries for sure, because uh, what did I read the other day? I want to read it on the podcast. It was so good. I loved it so much. Um, It was about boundaries. Hang on. Let me find it. I'll tell you while you're looking for it that yesterday, it's funny, we were talking with one of my coworkers and she and I have very similar personalities. So I didn't realize that she's like a type two, which are big people pleasers. If you guys follow the Enneagram at all. Um, and I was like, yeah, but those are like big people pleasers. And she, or no, it was her Taurus. She's a Taurus and they're big people pleasers. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but you don't, you're, those are people pleasers. And she goes, I'm a major people pleaser. She's like, I don't have boundaries. Like, I don't know how to say no. She's like, I know I don't act like it or you don't see it, but, like, I will do way too much to make other people happy. And I was like, man, I am not like that at all. That's ex- <laughs> Like, I am. I want everyone happy, but sometimes I'm, like, to the extreme, like, I don't care. That doesn't make me happy. I don't care. I didn't realize. <laughs> I think you probably are in more ways than you realize because I think I didn't realize the ways I was doing it for a long time. Um but I people please in like strange ways or like you people please and you don't even know for sure if you're, (laughs) I saw a post too that said something like, oh, you're a people pleaser. Name three people who are pleased with you. (laughs) 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 And that was funny, but I just feel like the way I people please is my own perceived version of what somebody wants from me. So you probably people please in more instances than you think. But this is what I wanted to read. It says, I think so often what people misunderstand about boundaries is that the point of setting them is not to change other people's behavior or convince them to value different things. It's to advocate for yourself regardless of how they respond. Um, And I had to really realized because I feel like I was setting boundaries so aggressively. I went from not setting boundaries at all to setting them really aggressively. I went from, well, if like I need to set this boundary with this person and I need to set this boundary with this person and I don't need to do all that. Like I need to just set clear boundaries for myself. Like for instance, I don't usually check my phone after like 8 p.m anymore 
because for so long I thought like being the friend that was always there, being the employee, the worker that was always there for work. I don't check my phone after 4 p.m. I used to think that like being Mm -hmm. the responsive one would somehow make me worthy. And now like my boundary is no, I don't do that because I probably wasn't even pleasing anyone. I just thought I was because that was my perception of what people wanted from me. And I feel like those are the ways that I people please a lot. And I've had to work through that so much. And setting boundaries is fucking hard, but it seriously is self-love. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I set boundaries more in like how I spend my time. Mm -hmm. Like with people like that has become, that's probably been my hardest boundary is like do you ever find yourself like forced to be around someone not like a friend or family and you like can't get out of it but you don't you're not like happy after you leave that person but you're like well I'm already in a friendship like like no you don't have to do that Mm -hmm. I don't know what that noise was you don't have to do that (laughs) like you can just you can just not hang out with them Mm -hmm. you don't have to answer the phone every time That's been huge for me, too. Yeah, because feeling like you have to text people back, feeling like you have to always. Or like you need an excuse. Even if you take a break from texting them back, you feel like you need to like be like, sorry, I was doing this Mm -hmm. if you did decide to wait. But you can literally like 12 hours later be like, hey, uh, you called me yesterday. What's up? You don't need to be like, I was doing this. Yeah. Well, people... you There doesn't need to be an explanation. I was... I saw this other post, too, where it was like, people didn't have access like people have now. So, like, before people used to go home and they had a landline and they would just, like, for several hours a day that you couldn't reach them. And that was just the norm. Yeah. And, like, now today it's, like, we expect, like responses and minutes or like within the hour at least Mm -hmm. and it's like that's not yeah so that's definitely been a huge boundary for me as well um it makes me think of that taylor swift song um dear reader where she says dear reader you don't have to answer just because they asked yeah i love that uh it's one of my favorite lines another boundary for me that i've had to set is i don't discuss politics um with people I don't, with family specifically, I don't discuss politics Mm -hmm. with family. And it's because, oh, this was like something that I had to talk about, talk to Caitlin about, um, because I was setting the boundary like so aggressively of like, I don't talk to you about politics because I don't like what you have to say. But like, no, that shouldn't be the boundary. The boundary is I'm a sensitive person, so I don't like to talk about politics. Yeah. And that's true. That's the truth because it does activate me. Like talking about politics very much activates me. And I don't like being in that intense mindset where I feel like very sensitive and very like defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And with family, because we're on very much, I'm a Democrat. My parents are Republican. Um, We clash. We've clashed a lot. Um, (laughs) Like so much. And so now I have a boundary where I do not discuss politics with them. And that one's been, it's been hard in some ways to maintain too, because for instance, my dad will still bring it up sometimes. And I like feel bad because I know he's not doing it in a way. Politics has come to a point where there's so much stuff in our world that is now political. I feel like that didn't use to be political is now political. 
So I think he's just trying to talk about like the world and stuff with me. And I'm like, I have to always like stop it because I'm just like, listen, dad, like I'm, I told you, I don't like talking about politics. So I need you to maintain that with me. And that's been hard because I don't ever want to hurt anyone's feelings. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's my problem with that is that like, I always worry that I'm going to hurt their feelings because it is something like they're passionate, passionate about and they want to talk about. Yeah. And I think that that's where my people pleasing comes in because the idea of me, like, I don't get to be that person for you. So now you're gonna have to find another person to talk about it with, like, makes me feel bad. Yeah, see, that's like, it's not that big of a deal because we have different people. We have different people for different things. But the idea of not being everything to people kills me. I know. I know. Like, why can't I be the one you talk about politics with? Oh, yeah, because it fucks me up. Same with religion. I think religion is where I've had to set more of a boundary for myself because that gets me, like, angry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I don't – I feel like I'm in an area where there's not a lot of religion or it's, like, Christian non-denominational. So it's kind of, like, low-key. I don't know. And I'm also in, like, a very educated area. And I feel like – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure the – problem you have with religion is people using their religion like to hate yeah for like homophobia or like racist things yeah where you're like that's not how that works i could see because i think you're in an area where that's like more prevalent too so like you get yeah it's more uneducated here (laughs) (laughs) it literally is a small town where half these people have never left this fucking town Mm mm-hmm and they think they know everything. And I'm like, okay. Small town mentality is so interesting. It's always funny when people are like, who voted for Donald Trump? And it's like, I know who. <laughs> so, yeah, truly. Everyone from my hometown. <laughs> I still get shocked that there's like people who are still like, I don't know why it blows my mind that there are people that are still like, Trump. <laughs> like, I just don't. Every time I see it, like, it, like, catches me off guard. I'm like, come on. I thought this was just, like, a meme, like, a joke. I forget you people actually exist. And I'm not talking Republicans because we've said this before. Like, you can be Republican. You can be conservative. I can be liberal. We can be a little different, feel different. Like, but Trumpers? Come on. <laughs> Get real. I can't Get do it with the Trumpers. Real. That's the- like, as long as you're not homophobic, racist, or sexist, I don't care. But, like... Trumpers? I just You're all those things, are you not? It's just like a it's like a massive It's like 50 massive red flags cuz it's just like what? Like there's no way. I don't know. When I hear that people are like Trumpers, I'm just I'm sorry, but there's in my opinion there's no way there's not some uh racism, sexism in there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that involves all of those things. Right. What what is so funny to me is when Trumpers would be like Oh, yeah. Well, you got Biden, who you love. And I every time I go, I don't love any politician. They all freak me out. They're all bought out by someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't worship a politician. That's the difference between us. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to vote for the lesser of the evils, okay? I'm just trying to help us out a little bit. Trump is scary. <laughs> that You're not supposed to be like that as a politician. You're not supposed to have your own social media platform where you have all your little cult followers on it. It's fucking weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Okay. Though Trumpers also used to be like, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're like, I don't talk politics. And then I'm like, let's talk politics. <laughs> but 
But like when they used to be like, I don't see Biden flags everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, because we're not being that insane. Like, he's not that great. We're just trying to get rid of Trump. Like, like I'm not in love with him. Yeah. And that's the norm. <laughs> that's the norm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's creepy when it becomes this like this weird like pride thing where you just like have to mm-hmm. have your flag of who you voted for everywhere. I don't know. It's really odd to me. Well, I think it's weird that schools enforce the Pledge of Allegiance. It's so weird. It's a little culty that they're like, everybody stand up right now. Don't you disrespect this flag. Put your hand over your heart. It is culty. It's weird. And like, especially because our Pledge of Allegiance like involves God. Like, it's like kind of a weird thing. Well, and every religion is kind of culty too. It's just like. That's how I feel. See, that's why I'm like, I have to be careful about talking about religion because I get so fired up because it all feels culty to me. Like, obviously there are, like, I believe in God too. Mm -hmm. Like, I am someone who believes in a God. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm not religious, if that makes sense. No, I think... Religion freaks me out. I think um, I think it depends on the person. I think that there's some people that follow religion who do it for love and for good reasons. And then I think that there are people who follow religion to have an excuse to hate. Um, and there's that two very different types of people. Well, and to be honest, the people who are like, there's a train again. The people who are like, I couldn't do a single thing in my life and then I found God. That I'm like, you would, you know how people are like, I wonder who falls for cults? You would be the person. (laughs) If the only way for you to survive, the only way for you to do good in life is to, because you found religion, that's fucking weird. (laughs) It's also always weird to me, like, and I've gone to church and I've heard this in church where people are like, because I had God, I prayed for this and I got, I like, my health was redeemed because I had my spirituality and I'm like, so what about the other person who's also extremely religious and they prayed for their health and they prayed for their health and it didn't, do they not have God? Like, even though they did the exact same thing you did and prayed just as much as you, like, it's kind of like this, like, weird, like arrogant thing to me where I'm like you think God loves you better like that's a like do you think that poor people or sick people aren't praying enough like I'm confused yeah that's a trigger of mine as well that definitely activates me I feel like in the religion conversation because it's also because they use it in a way of well because I do believe in God that's why God saved me and I think it's fucked up yeah to like tell like if I so I'll just talk about like how I kind of see the world I am spiritual and the way that I like believe in if I if there is a God I believe that there's a God and there's a goddess I believe in both I believe that there's a feminine energy and a masculine masculine energy and I believe that we need both um and I just feel like I can live with just that and like know that it's okay that other people don't believe in that and it's fine that other people believe in um all these other different religions and like I'm not gonna hate them for that I guess does that make sense yeah I think too like it gets a little like um a little like 
MLM-y uh, <laughs> when you feel like you need to go on missions and you have to spread the word of your religion. Yeah. I'm like, that's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, that... If your religion is the all-knowing and, the, like, their thing is, like, well, if people don't know about this, they're going to go to hell. You're telling me that your God is such a dick that people who had no chance of knowing about it, if they don't know about it, you go to hell. He's, like, straight to hell. What? It's so unfair because I would never think that. I would never think, like, Corey doesn't, he's atheist. He doesn't believe in anything. Yeah. I would never think that he's going to hell. Like, if there is, if my God and my goddess. You're not like, you're going to burn. Yeah. If my God and my goddess exist then I believe that they're very loving people who wouldn't put yeah, someone it's like in weird. hell. Like it becomes culty when your God has to like shame you. Like that feels a little culty. <laughs> well, and I mean, <laughs> they do say when they serve you wine and bread that you're eating the skin and drinking the blood. Right? So. <laughs> what a weird thing, by the way, to teach children. <laughs> okay. I would never, my parents never took me to church. I did not grow up religious. I didn't grow up with anything. The first time I ever went to church, it was uh, to become a godmother. I know that probably sounds funny because I said oh, yeah. I was never religious. Oh, yeah. But um, that was my first experience at a church. And they said, like, you know, like meal and eat the skin and drink the blood. And I was freaked out. I was like, what did I just agree to? Like, that was my first like experience yeah. in a church. And it really. I was raised Catholic and those bitches are extreme. Mm-hmm. It takes a... Yeah. My mom was raised Catholic actually. Oh. I feel like everyone that was raised Catholic has some type of trauma, <laughs> like a childhood trauma. Like I honestly don't think I have childhood trauma, but like I know a lot of people like who are like recovering Catholics. Like there's a reason there's a joke of like, I'm a, my mom even will. My mom is religious too. She goes to church and she's like, I'm a recovering Catholic. Mm-hmm. So like that should say something to you. Mm-hmm. Guys, my grandma wanted to get on birth control after like her ninth child. And she had to ask her priest and the priest told her no. So she had 13 fucking children. <laughs> and listen, I'm glad she did because I wouldn't be here because my mom is like number 11 or 12. But listen, <laughs> no way in hell am I ever going to ask a man's permission to get on birth control, especially after birthing nine fucking children. Isn't it nuts that that wasn't that long ago? I feel like people no. don't realize, like, women weren't even allowed to have a bank account. What was it? Until, like, 1972? I was going to say it was, like, 70s. Yeah, and, like, my grandma asking to be on birth control was, like, 50 or 60 years ago. Like, that's not that long ago. That's wild. No. That's wild. And you wonder why we're so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what else I wrote down as a part of self-love? Mm. And I haven't mastered this yet. But I think a big part of self-love is knowing your strengths and being okay with your weaknesses. Yes. Because when you really know your strengths and you notice a weakness, the weakness, I feel like when I'm in like my best place mentally, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm not the best at that. Or, oh, yeah, I didn't do that very well. But like it, it's like a brushed off. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a weakness. Because I'm so confident in what I'm good at. So true. I noticed that in my job. When I can say, yeah, I'm not good at that, that's when I'm at my most confident and at my most, like, and you know what's so funny? That's actually what I did today when I said I'm on my period and I'm just, I'm just bitching like a typical, (laughs) a typical woman on her period. I was, 
I wasn't doing that. I was standing up for myself saying like, no, this is what I do at work. This is what I don't do at work. This is what I'm paid to do. This is what I'm not paid to do. Yeah. And I felt like that was so bitchy at the time, but like now I'm reflecting on it and I'm realizing, no, that was just me. You were gaslighting yourself. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Year four of therapy. I'm still learning. Still a work in progress. <laughs> my therapist like called me today still because she hadn't seen my text of like you know she was like left a voicemail of like hey I because uh, I texted her work phone I didn't have like her personal number and she's like I she's the worst with her work phone classic Hannah <laughs> why well, have a work phone Hannah um, so now I just have her personal number because we're best friends um, <laughs> just kidding that's only my dream um, and. She was like, oh, okay. She's like, she's like, you went on your trip. Are you doing okay? How are you doing? She's like, we don't have to get into it. I just want to make sure you're doing okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm actually doing okay. That just tells you what a mental breakdown I've been in for the last two months of my life because she was like, I can still talk over the phone with you even with kids there right now. Are you okay? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm grumpy, but I'm actually I've been okay for the last like two weeks. I've been fantastic. So <laughs> Wow. So you're on and up. Yeah. And – you know, I'm sure it'll go down real fast. But. <laughs> Two weeks, though. That's nothing. nothing to... Well, also, it does, like one of those weeks, I was fully not at home. I was with my sister. Oh. <laughs> I did like the first day being home. By the end of the day, I was like, I was like, yep, didn't miss this. Just as my toddler was screaming and then the baby was tired. And like, I was like, yep, here it is. This is the part I needed a break from. Welcome back to reality. <laughs> I told Charles, I was like, I was like, having a break is very necessary, very needed. Like, it was so nice. Obviously, I don't need it to that extreme all the time, but I do think like once a month, once every other month, I think I'm going to get myself a hotel room. I think once a month, a month ahead of time, I'm going to say I'm taking this day off of work. Charles, you have the kids. And he can do the same if he wants to. Honestly, we just have to, it just involves a lot of planning. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? But like where I just, I just want to go in a room and nobody talked to me, and I watch reality TV for, like, 12 straight hours. Hell, yeah. And eat whatever I want. Like, that's what I want. And that resets me. But I will say, like, the break is amazing. It's necessary. But it isn't, like, you still have to jump right back into parenthood. Like, it's, like, almost a shock, too, because you're like, oh, these kids are screaming at me again. And I'm not trying to make my kids sound bad, because I actually think I have, like, two really, like, like, Charlie is two, and he's hit, like, a hard stage with tantrums. Mm-hmm. But in between, he's like the sweetest. He's just this week started being able to say, oh, sorry, mama. Mm-hmm. And it's the cutest fucking thing I've ever heard. He'll like run into me and go, oh, sorry, mama. And I don't know why I'm like, that is so fucking cute. He's so sweet. Hazel's been the easiest baby ever. Like this is the first time she's like reacted to teething. Like I have the easiest kids and it's still fucking hard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I see stories of moms, like, because I'm on a couple pages talking about, like, what their kids do. Like, they have, like, hard kids or they have kids that, like, have, um, like, they can't, like, emotion. I mean, kids can't emotionally regulate anyway, but, like, some kids have it worse. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man. I mean, I just think. I like to think that God knows how mentally ill I am. So he's like, I'm going to give you some easy kids and you're still not going to be able to handle it. (laughs) I've had that thought so many times, so many times about just having Corey in my life and having Theo in my life and how I talked about like my relationship with men, how much they've just healed that in like so many ways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I always feel like 
I need to preface that because I'm always like, oh, these kids, he's screaming at me. But like, it's not like an irregular, like, it's not like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like he's like, like, I saw some mom today. She was talking so mean about her kid. It made me want to cry. Like, she made a post and she was like, I think he's just mean. And people were like giving her suggestions like, hey, we see that you're, it was a really nice post because everyone was being very kind to her. Like, I think you're just exhausted. You know what I mean? Like, this is tiring. Like, this is really hard. Have you? And they're giving her suggestions. And every answer from her is like, no, he's just mean. None of that works. I just think he's like a mean kid. And it made me really sad. Like, it made me sad in the, on the end for the kid. But it made me sad for her that she's like, either uh, either she just is that kind of person and not a good person. But my thought is like, she's probably so, like, so burnt out and so exhausted and maybe doesn't have a lot of resources or a lot of help Mm -hmm. that you like feel that way about your kid because even like two seconds after charlie's screaming at me i'll look at charles with tears in my eyes and be like we have the sweetest kid ever Mm -hmm. like like you know what i mean like i still think like i still am not at that point thank god that like i feel you know what i mean like where i don't know it's just that makes me sad for her that she feels that way yeah, no, I think that's good. I think that shows that you have empathy for both because a lot of people would be like, fuck her, she doesn't deserve to have a kid. <laughs> yeah. That's... Which maybe, honestly, maybe she, that is. Maybe she's just like a bitch and a terrible person, but my brain likes to be like, you're so burnt out. Mm-hmm. Like someone needs to help you because I don't think your toddler is inherently a mean kid. <laughs> yeah. A toddler? How old was the baby again? It's the it's the group that we're in. So it's like for my for like for Charlie, for Charlie's age. So two. Two. Right? Like isn't that kind of sad? Yeah. That is sad. Like they throw a lot of tantrums, but I don't think like they're mean. Mm-hmm. I I do see how it's like hard to differentiate if you don't have like that kind of um even like emotional intelligence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like it does seem like they can like they're like, it's a running joke, like, these little, like, t- tiny terrorists, because they, like, when they get upset, they don't have emotional regulation, so, like, they can hit, and they can scream, and, like, yeah. my son even is in speech therapy, and he scored low for speech, but also, we told them about his tantrum, so he scored low for, like, that, too, mm-hmm. and I'm still, like, meh, <laughs> it's fine. Neil is just getting into the stage where he's hitting and kicking and throwing his head back when he is throwing yeah. a tantrum, um... It's been the worst. (laughs) Yeah. I will say there's like a mourning period for when your baby becomes a toddler because you feel like you lose a connection for a little bit because you're like, oh my God, but where's my sweet little baby who I used to just like look into their eyes and watch them sleep and Mm -hmm. do little giggles. But then it, it does become stronger. Like Charlie just like looks at me with such affection now and he can like verbalize it and it's like honestly been the the sweetest like he wakes up in the morning and we cuddle together I'm really lucky like it gets sweeter but I remember mourning the loss like I remember being like oh my god where did my baby go I'm really lucky because Theo is like a very um as far as babies go I think he's on the easier side and he's also very expressive so he's like very smiley all the time like anytime I look at him he smiles so I have that but I still, I agree. Like, I still feel like I'm mourning. Like, it's because sometimes I'm like, do you even like me? Like, and I still feel that way, <laughs> even though he's so expressive and so happy and smiles at me when I look at him. I feel yeah. bad for parents who don't have expressive babies um, because I, that's how I, that's the only way I know that he does love me. And like, yeah. when he is throwing the tantrums and stuff, I just feel so bad. And I feel bad for him too. Like, I feel, 
like he's so little and he has all these emotions and he doesn't understand them and he's just trying to get them out and I'm his safe person. So it's like at the same time I want to be that but like this is awful and this sucks and like I so badly am trying to enjoy every moment but I'm like so excited to get to the stage you're at where like he's talking to you and can tell you what he needs and what he wants and like eh. I was listening to a parent, though, that was like, you always are ready for the next stage, and the next stage is going to have something equally awful, but, like, different. Mm-hmm. They're like, it, it's like, yeah, I'm glad I'm not doing that, but now I'm doing this. So if I, they're like, you don't have to feel guilty about, there are going to be parts of each stage that you just, like, don't like. And you don't have to act like, oh, but, you know, like, you can just be like, I don't like that. That sucks. The tantrums are really hard for me because I don't know how to emotionally regulate myself. That is something at almost 30 years old that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing a great job at it. So, like, I don't know how to regulate. Like, my husband is so good at it. Charles is so good at it. Because he just stays calm. I think he's raised his voice maybe twice at Charles. Like, he scolds him and tells him no. But I think, like, one time I know of, he really yelled at Charlie. Mm -hmm. Because it's like he was overstimulated. Charlie had been throwing tandems forever. And I wasn't even there for it. And I hope I don't get in trouble from him for telling this story. Because I think it's really, like, sweet. It just showed me how sweet he is. But he yelled at him. He's like, I said something loud. Like, I, I was mad. I said it loud enough. To where, like, it startled him because my husband never raises his voice. Mm-hmm. And it, like, stopped Charlie. And Charlie didn't cry or anything. But it, he, he's, like, it felt like I, like, shocked him so much that he just sat there, like, upset still but quiet. Aww. And my husband's, it was getting him ready for bed. And so when he was rocking him, Charles was, like, I cried. I just started crying Aww. because I felt so guilty that, like, I that side of me came out mm-hmm. and it scared him. It, like, you know what I mean? Not like, cause I've raised my voice and Charlie will just like yell back at me. Like I've never enough to where I've never shocked him to the point where he's like silent, but still upset. And it made Charles so upset. He was like, I just felt like so terrible. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's raised his voice at him since then. So it is really hard, but mm-hmm. my husband is Charles is so much better at emotional regulation than I am the tantrums like kill me I feel like emotional regulation is something I still struggle with and it's only something that I've learned in like recent years for sure so you're definitely not alone and it's like something that I feel like is very like up and down like how they say like healing isn't linear yeah (laughs) it's not linear yeah 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 yeah, because I do feel like some days I'm, like, on top of it. I feel like I'm, like, taking a deep breath. Like, I had such a proud moment because Charlie, like, one time when he was upset, I was taking a deep breath, and he went, <sighs> like, he took a deep Aww. breath. And I was like, okay, so, like, you're seeing that I'm do because that is my biggest thing when I'm upset. If I'm having an anxiety attack, if I'm just getting frustrated with the kids, I take, of like, five deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And so it felt really good. And then other days, like today, I'm like, if I hear the word car one more time, <laughs> I am going <laughs> to run into the street and get hit by a car (laughs) (laughs) and it's sad because he was just like excited about his cars but it was like so much all day that i was like i can't hear the word car again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you're just overstimulated stay at home moms you're my heroes truly i don't know how you do this (laughs) i work full-time and i have daycare like (laughs) i don't know how you're doing this are you okay (laughs) they're like no no we're not yeah, they're like, we've been telling you we're not. <laughs> um, I feel like I got way off track into motherhood because, you know, it's just been that kind of day. I love it. Honestly, it's been that kind of weekend for me. 
but I love it. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear my am I the asshole or did you have more for your self love? No, I'm ready for. Oh, I do have a question. Mm. Have you noticed recently that people are like mad about when the self care industry and self care people are like doing face masks? They're like, that's not self care. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I'm like, that's still self care. Like, yes, therapy and working on yourself, like emotionally and mentally, is self care. But like, bitch, me taking time to do my skincare routine and doing a face mask and doing eye masks and painting my nails, that is also self care. Yeah, I know. Both can be true. I never like <laughs> anyone trying to. What's the word where, like, you gate something? Gatekeep? Yeah, I don't like... I've never liked someone, yeah. like, gatekeeping what self-care is. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Because, like, that is, like, my... I love doing that for myself. And then I, it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that I did something like that. Like, when I... And, like, like my skincare routine is, like, kind of extensive and a long thing for me. But it's, like, my favorite part of, like, twice a day I do my whole skincare routine. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it makes me feel like I'm doing something good for myself. And when I feel good about myself, like, it shows in my personality more. Yeah, I actually don't enjoy getting my nails done at all whatsoever. I actually hate it. But that's, like, self-care for me <laughs> because yeah. I feel so good when my nails are done. D- right? Sometimes I'm, like, all I have are these nails. And it's the only reason that I'm feeling okay about everything else right now. <laughs> I wish I could just drop my hands off at the nail salon. <laughs> <laughs> I would feel that way. I have, like, an individual girl I go to. But, like, when we have to go to, like, a – like, when I went to visit my sister, we went to, like, a salon where you, like, walk in and you wait and they're they're not, like – I don't know. I just don't – I don't like that. There's other people around. No. I go into a room by myself with mm. the same nail girl every time and that is the only reason I enjoy it. And she plays true crime. Oh, that's relaxing. I wish everyone could have a Kylie. She is the greatest nail experience I've ever had. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. Get you a Kylie. Okay, let me read this Am I the Asshole for you. Okay. Am I the asshole for wanting to leave my husband because he doesn't want to get a dog? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Sorry. My husband and I have been married for three years. We have always been on the same page about not wanting to have children, and we are really happy with that decision. However, I always wanted to adopt a dog, multiple dogs if possible. My family always had dogs and they have been an important part of my life. My husband never had a dog, but he likes dogs in general. And before we got married, he promised that we can adopt a dog a few years into our marriage when we have settled. However, he is becoming increasingly wary of adopting a dog while at the same time, I am starting to miss having dogs in my life. He says that the main reason for him not wanting kids is that they are a lot of responsibility and result in severely constrained lifestyle, and the same thing applies to dogs, too. (laughs) I was hoping that over time I would change his mind, but the more I nudge him in that direction, the more anti-dog he is becoming. (laughs) I suggested fostering a dog as an introduction to a life with a dog, but he is not even open to that. He suggested volunteering at a pet shelter, but we live far away from any shelters, and anyway, it's not the same thing. I cannot imagine going all my life without dogs in my home, and I am starting to think that this is a deal breaker for me. My friends think I am being ridiculous. Am I the asshole? This is funny. (laughs) This is, I'm like, how fucking old are both of you because you're both assholes? (laughs) That's how I feel. I'm like, okay, if you're going to end your marriage over not getting a dog, 
was your marriage ever really that strong to begin with? But also, if you can't compromise and just let your wife even just get a fucking small dog or like a medium-sized dog and just be like, you can get a dog, but like, I don't want to care for it. Even that to me, like there, what are you both doing? <laughs> what are you both doing in this situation? Because this is fucking, also uh, not the same as having kids. You can leave your dog for like eight to 10 hours and they're okay. <laughs> you don't have to find a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. Your dog's fucking fine. It's amazing to me that they haven't come to some type of compromise <laughs> because like you said, it seems pretty. Like she's like, is the marriage over? What? Just get a fucking dog. First of all, it's not that deep. Like it's really not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just bring a dog home. What is he going to do? That would be my advice. Like, are you guys, tri- my only question would be, are you traveling constantly or something? Because then I could understand how that would be difficult mm-hmm. to the point where I would almost want to find like, like, can you afford a dog sitter? Can you add it in? You know what I mean? But if you're not literally traveling like more than four times a year, it, it's not that deep. Just get a fucking dog. Uh, dogs <laughs> are a lot of work though. See, you have all the pets. So you're like, it's just one dog. <laughs> dogs are so much no no I agree I have too many I have three dogs right now and that is that's too many I want one dog one cat you know they're a lot of work Mm -hmm. but I that's where I'm like I'm like it's one dog (laughs) you don't even have to get a puppy get like a fucking five-year-old dog and you're set I oh I think puppies are harder than newborns I'll tell you that right now yeah because and I've had both they have to go outside (laughs) like at least you could just put a diaper on a newborn a newborn or newborns other than like when if they're colicky but like a, a average newborn easiest fucking thing ever mm-hmm. you feed them they poop you put them to sleep puppies are insane puppies are insane and they just pee all over they just pee a little bit all over <laughs> yeah. who do you think is a bigger asshole in this scenario the husband or the wife uh the husband because man just let your wife get a dog like I I because I can almost that's what I'm saying like it's not that big of a deal I can understand I can actually understand I don't even know if I really think she is an asshole is this a hot take because I feel like since she's not having kids I understand the need for connection like with a pet yeah so like I get that and sometimes like people who don't have kids like their pets are their kids so it's like because they don't know yeah. what it's like to have kids. So it's like they love those pets with all of themselves. Like so I can see how she would feel like I she's just missing think in general, out it sounds, on a life. Yeah. It sounds like a really immature relationship to me. Yeah. I know. I'm like, are they because 20? it's really odd to me that you didn't like more quickly come to like a conclusion, like a resolution to this. Like, <laughs> that's really odd to me. <laughs> That's like so str- like if we had no animals and I was like really anti-dog I still would let Charles get a dog mm-hmm. like even right now I'd be like fine because I'm like it's like the tiniest compromise for a whole fucking life together if the if it like the only thing is I would be like I want you're gonna take care of like all the gross stuff I'm not doing that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that would be my only thing and so why has that why is there not a compromise like and the fact that he fucking promised <laughs> That was like yeah. part of your arrangement was like a few years into our marriage and nothing has changed. It doesn't sound like to the point where like they can't afford a dog or something. You know what I mean? In my opinion, that's actually a betrayal to like say when you have like an agreed upon date for something after you get married. 
that's a betrayal because you're you're literally going back on your word after you get married. Yeah. It's almost like I would feel like tricked. I'd feel like you like I yeah. made sure of this because this is the life I wanted for myself. As silly as it may be, she needs her dogs. <laughs> like I don't know. I'd feel very yeah. yeah. I'd feel bamboozled. So I don't even think she's an asshole. I think she's very silly. Yeah, I think she's, you've actually changed my mind she's too. She's a very silly yeah. person, <laughs> but. Yeah, I feel like all of this is just, like, ridiculous, but he, he's definitely the asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> of course, it's the man again. Isn't it always? Am I right, ladies? <laughs> I hit myself in the eye when I snapped, so that's the end of the podcast. I'm done. Okay, leave a five-star review and... <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask them to leave a review after this one. We're on our periods. This wasn't our best, okay? <laughs> Fine. Follow us at Bad Bee Therapy Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, though. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Bad Bitch Therapy. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review. Until next time.